Hey, welcome to the podcast. This is The Surge Effect, and I'm your host, Mike Surge. This podcast will be talking about anything and everything. Life in general to current events and past events, and all things about this beautiful and wonderful world that we live in. And this podcast, well, it'll probably have an effect on you. Well, hello there. Welcome to another episode of The Surge Effect. All right, so today what I'm going to try is a little something different. Uh, every once in a while I'm going to do these these little pieces. I'm going to call it the uh, the week that was. Just a little bit something different. Um, actually, the idea came to me from a friend of mine that uh, lives down in the States. So uh, thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. Uh, anyway, so basically what I'm going to do is take what's in the news cycle for the last week, and I am going to basically just be going over what's uh, transpired in our news cycle and there's a lot that's transpired over the last week or so so uh, i'm just going to cover a few different things today and this uh, podcast uh, it's going to be a few different things starting with the new scandal with the liberal government involving the rcmp uh inflation of course in canada our gas prices in canada uh trudeau speaking about guns in canada uh passport renewals and it being a nightmare in canada uh, Pierre unveils his new pay-as-you-go law, and more on Bill C-11. Uh, Tamara Litch uh, accepts her Freedom Award. Our government hypocrisy, and of course, the last but not least, the Roe versus Wade Supreme Court decision the other day. So, so the latest scandal uh, is uh, the Liberal government, of course, and if you've, you haven't heard what's going on with that. Uh, they're basically, they're interfering with the RCMP investigation to uh, so the Liberals can pass their gun legislation. So just listen to this clip of Candace Bergen asking questions in our House of Commons in regards to this. Have a look. Accusations that the Prime Minister used the Nova, Nova Scotia mass shooting to advance his political agenda are extremely troubling. We believe Superintendent Darren Campbell when he says that Commissioner Lucky pressured the RCMP to reveal certain information. We also believe that it's possible the Commissioner was, was pressured by the PMO and Public Safety Minister's office. These Liberals have a pattern of interfering in investigations to advance their political agenda, just like we saw in SNC-Lavalin. Will the government commit today to a full and open and transparent investigation to get to the bottom of this. Well, Minister of Emergency Preparedness. The independence of law enforcement operations is a key principle of our democracy, and it's one that our government deeply respects, and one that I have always defended. At no point, Mr. Speaker, did our government pressure or interfere in the operational decisions of the RCMP. And I would take the opportunity, Mr. Speaker, to direct the members to the Commissioner's statement from yesterday, in which he makes it very clear that there was no interference. Member, or sorry, the honourable leader of the opposition. Mr. Speaker, somebody is not telling the truth, and it is not Superintendent Darren Campbell. Mr. Speaker, he did not just experience this differently. We know the Liberals have a track record of interfering in investigations when it's to their advantage, and when they're caught, they deny, then they deflect, and then they blame. It's sickening to think that they're using the worst mass shooting in Canadian history for political gain, but it is very possible. We need to get to the truth on this, Mr. Speaker. Again, I'm going to ask the minister, I'm going to ask the government, will they commit to a full and an open investigation? So this clip about Candace Bergen asking these questions uh, about Superintendent 
uh, Darren Campbell. Um, in this little news clip, basically she's talking, this is talking, Bob Polson's talking about Mr. Campbell in this news clip. And basically what he said was one of the RCMP's commissioners, uh, Brenda Lucky's uh, predecessor, is standing by Superintendent Darren Campbell after he claimed that his superior allegedly interfered in the Nova Scotia mass shooting to help the Liberals pass gun control legislation. Now, former Commissioner Bob Paulson and a number of other force veterans are standing in solidarity with Campbell after the Liberal government attempted to cast shade on the integrity of his allegations. Now, Darren is one of the best investigators in the force and a highly reliable officer with tremendous integrity, Paulson told the Globe and Mail. You won't find a practicing police officer who will speak ill of Darren Campbell. So that tells you a little bit about that gentleman's personal integrity. So take it as you wish, but keep in mind the track record of this government. And if you don't believe me, there's numerous things you can find online, but here is one from the words from Jody Wilson-Raybould, who happened to be our attorney general, and she was fired by Trudeau. She actually said this in her book. I am still mad at myself for that, for being convinced at one point in time that the prime minister was an honest and good person, when in truth, he would so casually lie to the public and then think he could get away with it. Hmm. So I'll just let you ponder that for a little bit and what is going on with the scandal in the weeks to come. Next, we'll talk about inflation. The inflation rate in Canada is just out of this world right now. It's at a 40-year high. But this Liberal government is doing what's best for Canadians, like they've always said in the House, or doing what's right for Canadians and what's best for Canadians. But at least that is what they constantly say anyway in the House. But their actions speak louder than words. Our inflation, it's a hidden tax. It's caused, basically, it's economics 101. They're, they're printing too much money and there's not enough goods, right? Too, much, too many dollars chasing, chasing too fewer goods. That's just the way, way it rolls and that's, that's what inflation is. And this government is this printing money, it's like a free-for-all. And they're giving away lots of our money as well. Lots of our tax dollars to different countries. But first, listen to how this government is working for us. Have a listen. Scott Peterson with the breaking inflation numbers from StatsCan. And Scott, they are far higher than we even expected. Yeah, 7.7%. Uh, Heather, this takes us to an inflation rate that we have not seen all the way back to 1983. And it's also the largest month-over-month -month jump in the inflation rate going back since they kept these type of records from Statistics Canada. And that's in 1992. But everything across the board was more expensive. Services, as more people got out of their homes, wanting restaurants, hotels, etc., over 5%. But let's take a look at the main culprits driving this inflation. And as you mentioned, a lot faster than, than economists were expecting. Gasoline prices up 12% month over month. That's the biggest jump in a month, uh, a biggest jump in a month going back two years, up 48% year over year now. Uh, fuel oil, other types of fuels up a whopping 95%. We've got food stable, but it's still up 9.7%. That's the fastest increase going back to the early 1980s. Edible fats and 
cooking oil, and particularly used around the world, that's up 30% year over year. Uh, that's the largest increase on record. Uh, we've got shelter costs up about 7.5%, furniture up 23%, and wages as well. They're rising, but not nearly as fast as these prices. 3.9% is the average wage hike in Canada. So anything above and beyond that really is money coming out of Canadians' pocket. And Wow. Prices are increasing so fast that our wages can't even keep up to the price increases of everything across the board. It's just crazy. Back in uh, June of 23rd, uh, Canada will provide $250 million uh, to the United Nations to address a food crisis exacerbated by supply chain constraints and high inflation after Russia's invasion of the Ukraine, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau said on Thursday. We provided half a billion dollars at the beginning of the year to the United Nations Food Program. And this is an additional $250 million to address the serious crisis Trudeau told reporters at the Commonwealth Summit in Kigali, Rwanda. We have a homeless problem right here in our own country. In every major city across Canada, there's homeless issues. Right now, of course, you can pick any country or any city in our country and you could find homeless situations. The one I'm just going to post here is, this is Vancouver. These people are living in tents. And the homeless in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, is a social crisis that has been rapidly accelerating over the last decade. According to the United Nations, homelessness can either be relative or absolute. Absolute homelessness describes people living in absence of a proper physical shelter. United Nations. We just gave them, like, almost a billion dollars. To solve different issues, but we have issues in our own country. Now, it's uh, once again, it's nice to see that the government's looking out for our best interests and the citizens of this great country. Something to think about for sure. All right, so something else we'll talk about is just the other hit, another hit in the pocket because of the gas prices. Gasoline prices seem that Trudeau and Biden, they like to blame everything on Putin and everything's Putin's fault. But as we all know, that's not true. If you look at the uh, prices before the invasion in the Ukraine, the gasoline prices in the States as well as Canada have been <clears throat> slowly increasing. So it really has nothing to do with that uh, invasion at all. Um, our prices were going up anyway. It's just an excuse to, you know, so they can't take responsibility. So that's all that they're doing. Um, they need to take ownership and they need to fix this problem is what they need to do just to make our lives better not worse. See a theme here? Okay. Anyway, here's a little video about the gas prices going up. Check this out. Across the country, drivers are feeling the strain. It does impact a lot the, the, the budget. It's just like now you have to think about it. He's not the only one. It takes money away from, from other stuff, correct? You cannot spend it somewhere else. We count every, uh, every trip we make. You know, we, we go out less. For months, the Conservatives have called for a pause on the GST the government collects each time drivers fuel up. We need Mr. Trudeau and, and Christia Freeland to start spending more time thinking about Canadian families rather than for them. Give them a break at the pumps. Now, if Canadians would have more money in their pocket, they'd have more money to spend in this economy. Now, in turn, that would boost the economy, right? I'm just thinking out loud here, but that's how it works. If you had more money in your pocket, you would spend it in the economy and it would help boost our economy. 
it's kind of hard to do that when the government hard to do that when the government keeps pulling money out of your pocket. They just keep pulling money out of your pocket. And uh, inflation is a great way to do it because, like I said, it's a, it's a hidden tax. So anyway, here's another thing in the news cycle. In the last week, uh, <laughs> a lot of things have happened this last week. Uh, a few weeks ago, a uh, week or so ago, Trudeau was uh, caught in an interview talking about gun control. And what he said kind of caught a lot of people off guard. This is what he said. And there are debates. And we have a, a, a culture where the difference is guns can be used for hunting or for sport shooting in Canada. And there's lots of gun owners and they're mostly law respecting and, and, and law abiding. But you can't use a gun for self-protection in Canada. That's not a right that you have in the Constitution or anywhere else. If you try and buy a gun and say it's for self-protection, no, you don't get that. You get it for hunting. You can get it for sports shooting. You can take it to the range. Uh, no problem, as long as you go through our rigorous background checks. But there's a difference around the culture. And one of the things that we're yeah. seeing with the debate in the States is you get more and more of the American-style you know, right-to-carry, self-defense arguments filtering up through through the... Uh, you know, the, the usual. Hmm. Wow. My first question would be, does he not have people that, that guard him? He has bodyguards, right? What do they have? Do they have guns? So they have guns that defend him. It just seems kind of strange that somebody's saying that you can't use guns to defend yourself, but he has people that protect him, that defend him, that have guns. Seems a little hypocritical as far as I'm concerned. Anyway, something else in the um, news cycle, passports. Passport renewals are a freaking nightmare for Canadians right now. So check out this little clip of Pierre Polyev talking about people who are camping out literally in the passport office trying to get their passports renewed. Check this out. Ready to go camping? As you know, the government's offering a new uh, package deal when you apply for your passport. You can camp at a government building or maybe even in the parking lot uh, while you wait. Here, the wait time is only six hours and 45 minutes in Ottawa. Let's go check it out. Long line, eh? Six a.m. Six a.m. Said the first person got here at three. Three in the morning. This is unbelievable. So you got here at six. The first person got here at three. Has it? Five a.m. And you're still not through. No, and I think they might. You don't think you're gonna get it? Come back tomorrow morning. And they literally came out here and told us to be here tomorrow. They told us in this building at seven. They told you to be here tomorrow at three a.m. Now, isn't that something? Now, would a proactive government already already know that being under lockdown for the last two years and change, that this could potentially happen? Well, of course, because this is what's going to happen. You're dealing with Canadians who have basically been locked down for over two years and they haven't traveled anywhere because of all the mandates. And all of a sudden now it's over. It's like, oh, we should get some more people maybe to help push, you know, these passports through quicker so these people can be on their merry way. Oh, no, let's just back everything up. But listen to Karina Gould explain about the passports. Check this out. Right now, the challenge is really with regards to volume. Uh, Canadians have, for the past two years, stayed home. Uh, many people's passports uh, either 
expired or a lot of people who didn't have passports before. So what we're experiencing right now is kind of a two-year backlog of people wanting to A, renew passports, but more than that, 85% of the passport applications that we're getting are actually for brand new passports. So people who've never had a passport before. Is this acceptable for a government who has locked down Canadians for over two years just to say, uh, oh, well, well, we are overwhelmed, you know, with the sheer numbers uh, of people wanting their passports renewed. No travel for two years. I'm thinking that people may want to travel somewhere. Let's, like I said earlier, the government just doesn't seem to think that way, I guess. But you think a proactive government would go, oh, we need to, we need to sort this out and get this going quick. That's what leaders do, and that's what they should have done, but they chose not to. And now we're in the predicament that we're in, okay? So... Pierre unveils his um, new policy he wants to introduce government for his spending. And it's a thing called pay-as-you-go law. So the conservative leadership candidate Pierre Polyev has promised to implement a pay-as-you-go law uh, to limit government expenditures and curb inflationary pressures. The policy would force lawmakers to find an equal amount of savings when pro uh, proposing legislation to spend more money. So in other words, the money that the government, uh, they won't be able to spend anything without saving an equal amount. The pay-as-you-go law would bring uh, the real world to government. The people have been pinching their pennies long enough, and it is time politicians started pinching their pennies too, said Polyev. Now, there's a common sense idea. Huh? You don't spend more than you have. Eh? There's a novel idea, isn't it? Eh? I am sure most households stay within their means. And why, doesn't the, why does the government think that it continually run on a deficit and just spend silly-nilly? Well, because they can just raise taxes and just pull in more money, something that households in Canada cannot do. We all have to spend within our means, and that's how that works. So something else that's been uh, going on in the last week or so is Bill C-11, of course, which is uh, making it in the news cycle once again. I covered this on my last podcast. And, uh, but listen to Pierre, explain it a little bit more in detail, and he'll give you a better idea of what the Bill C-11 really is all about. Check this out. We live in a big, open country. Our democracy should be big and open, too. But of course, the gatekeepers don't want it that way. That's why they've had the ultimate gatekeeper, Justin Trudeau, introduce Bill C-11, the censorship law. It would allow the CRTC, more gatekeepers, to control what you see and say online. This bureaucracy would be able to manipulate the algorithms that determine what shows up in your Facebook news feed or on your YouTube stream. Basically, all the social media you have would be manipulated by government bureaucrats using secretive criteria to determine what they want you to see. They say that right now the internet that you're consuming is not Canadian enough and they get to decide what is Canadian for you. I don't know if they mean maple syrup or beaver tails, or just that you have to have a steady stream of left-wing liberal propaganda, probably the latter. But they're not stopping there. They're also proposing to create something called the Digital Safety Commissioner. That's not Orwellian, I don't know what is. This individual would be allowed to block what goes on websites. Uh, according to the Twitter company, which made a submission to the government on this proposal, this would put Canada in league with countries like China, North Korea and Iran. Is that the company that you want to keep? Me neither. And that is why I am taking action. A Pierre Polyev government 
will repeal the censorship and introduce the Free Speech Act. The Free Speech Act would eliminate the government's ability to control what you see and say on the internet. It would fire this digital safety commissioner so that there's no one entitled to censor your internet. And it would protect the principle embedded in Section 2B of our Charter of Rights and Freedoms. To be or not to be, as Shakespeare would ask. That is the question. Well, my answer is this. I will protect our Charter Rights to free speech, and I will embed it in law with this new act. I need your support to do it. Let's fight against these censorship laws now and back my efforts to become Prime Minister so that I can pass a free speech act that will put you back in charge of what you see, say, believe, and think. In other words, let's make Canada the freest country in the world where you can take back control of your life. Fairly self-explanatory. So why does this government continually want to make any of us Canadians, they want to take away our freedoms. All, all the Canadians just take away our freedoms, slowly chip, 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 chip away at our freedoms. And this one, Bill C-11 is just no different. And uh, they're taking the Charter of Rights and freedoms and, and they're just forgetting the thing even exists. That's like, you know, doing that in the States. If the States just, you know, threw away the First Amendment, the freedom of speech or the Second Amendment, their right to bear arms, the, the people would freak out. Because that's in their constitution. Well, our Bill of Rights is like that constitution. Or our Charter of Rights and Freedoms is just like that constitution as well as our Bill of Rights. It's about freedom, right? Anyway, speaking of freedom, uh, let's listen to a bit about uh, Tamara. Let's talk about freedom. In her acceptance speech of the 2022 George Jonas Freedom Award, uh, she received this year. Tamara was uh, talking about freedom. And Tamara Leach, if you don't know, she was one of the speakers when the uh, truckers went to Ottawa. And she was very outspoken, with nothing wrong with that, but she was jailed for being outspoken and they charged her with mischief because they said she was one of the leaders of the, uh, the uh, convoy. But uh, she was stuck in there for a long period of time. And uh, I think it was a travesty. I'm, I'm sure that a lot of other Canadians would agree. Um, but there's what she had to say about freedom when she accepted her Freedom Award. Have a look. We know that democracy, that system of government that Churchill said was the worst form of government, except for all the others which have been tried, we know it has its origins in Athens. But a very important question is often missing, and that is, what gave rise to Athens? What gave rise to all the philosophy, the math, the fundamental ideas some 3,000 years ago that started Western civilization? And the answer comes to us from the historical record of one battle when the Persians attempted their invasion of Greece. The Queen of Persia, surprised at the success of the Greeks who were defending their homes, asked one of her military generals, and I quote, who governs these Greeks? Who commands their army? And the general, who was also surprised by how strong the Greeks were, responded, no one. 
people say they are no man's slaves or servants. That was the spirit of freedom that propelled the Greeks. That is the spirit that started Athens, democracy, and the fundamental basis of our civilization. That is freedom. Do you hear me? That is freedom. Nothing else of importance is at stake. It is about human flourishing and humanity's survival. Anyone who diminishes this by calling it exaggeration or hyperbole will lead you to a path of extinction. The true path is hard, but it is the only way forward. You must fight for your ancestors, fight for your children, and fight for yourselves. The future is ours. The people are awakening to a force that cannot be suppressed. Glory be to freedom, glory be to Canada, and glory be to all of you. Thank you. Freedom. Now there's a beautiful thing. Freedom. For Tamara's part, with the Ottawa protests, she goes to jail for speaking out against the government, but the government's hypocrisy gets them nothing. No, pre no uh, repercussions. The government gets nothing. Here's an example of one of those instances. Check this out. Prime Minister announced to the public that he was COVID positive immediately following a trip to the United States. So that is a fact. It is within 14 days of that. That is a fact. He has now got on an airplane and has flown to another continent. So these are facts. It's also a fact that they've put in rules that have no scientific basis that seem only to serve to punish the people that he said have unacceptable views, that are mostly misogynist, that are mostly racist. So that's the contradiction. So if, if any other parliamentarian or any other Canadian is following public health advice or following the science, that's great. What we have is a prime minister who seems to rely solely on political science and not make any decisions based on medical science. He's completely out of step with what every provincial medical officer of health has said, and he's been out of step with them for months. We've heard from Dr. Tam that it's not the Public Health Agency of Canada who's making the decisions on when these mandates are lifted or when they're put in place. We've heard that it's a decision for politicians to make. So it is very clearly political science and not medical science. Now, we would not even be allowed to leave this country if we tested positive for COVID, but he can. Come on, folks. This is just hypocrisy at its finest. It's just so ridiculous. Anyway, so last but not least, I'm going to talk a little bit about the Supreme Court ruling on Roe versus Wade. Now, Supreme Court, they simply gave the abortion issue to, to uh, each individual state to decide what to do with that issue. Um, now, I don't know how much you know about the Roe versus Wade, but or even the abortion issue in the states, but um, some states would literally allow you to abort a child at nine months, right? Like up until birth, and that's a human being. Uh, I don't know what your thoughts are on that, but that's some of the laws. People are up in arms about it. I get it. I'm a big choice guy. I believe in choices. It's people's choice. They shouldn't be coerced. They shouldn't be told they have to do this. They're told they have to do that. It's their choice to do it. And that's the way it should be. But other people have different ways of looking at stuff. So the Supreme Court laid it on 
they overturned Roe versus Wade and they laid it on the states to decide what they wanted to do. It's the same kind of thing what they did with cannabis. So, uh, years ago, it was federal. So it was a federal rule that cannabis was illegal in every state and the states had nothing to say about it. Then they overturned that and they gave it to all the states to decide on their own. That's why you have different states. It's legal in other states. It's not. And uh, that's kind of how that works. Um, but anyway, like I said, I'm a huge choice guy. And this is a person's choice in my humble opinion. But who am I to tell other people what they should do with their bodies, right? And who are you to tell other people what they should do with their body? But politicians always got to get their little their little piece in there. So here's what a couple of politicians had to say about it. First, let's listen to what Jagmeet Singh said, and then we'll listen to what Trudeau said. So Jagmeet Singh said, he tweeted, Today is a dark day, a 50-year regression in human rights, bodily autonomy, and a woman's right to choose. Justin Trudeau's tweet was, The news coming out of the United States is horrific. My heart goes out to the millions of American women who are now set to lose their legal right to an abortion. I can't imagine the fear and anger you are feeling right now. They sure had a different uh, take on choice when it came to forcing mandates for vaccines and forcing people to take the jab through coercion. They're just shifting with the wind, these politicians. They just they just slide as it goes. And this is what Karina Gould had to say about it. She was uh, speaking out about it as well. She says, in May, uh, Liberal Minister of Family, Children, and Social Development, Karina Gould, she said she sees no reason not to allow American women to seek abortions in Canada. I don't see why. We would not, she said, if they, people, come here and need access, certainly you know that's a service that would be provided. What she doesn't tell you is that if the woman is not vaccinated, she would not be allowed even to Canada because of our mandate laws. She doesn't mention that. All this is political theater. Once again, it's like this little bit of theater from the cameras from one shot then another shot, another view. It's all from Rwanda. They were both taken from Rwanda on the same day. So have a look at this. I'll just post, I'll just post the two pictures. They're both in Rwanda. They're both of uh, Trudeau, of course. And he's speaking with the same gentleman. Backdrop's the same. Of course, one picture he has his mask on, one mask he has off. Anyway, once again, it's just all political theater. So, with all that being said, that is the end of this podcast, the week that was. There's a lot to go over because a lot has happened in this past week. And um, like I said, I'm going to do this from time to time. And I hope that uh, you enjoy this little segment. Um, go ahead and drop me a line on my podcast or my email. It's uh, podcast at the surge effect.ca. If um, you have anything to say about what I've, what I've mentioned or all, you want to drop me an email, give me your thoughts on stuff, feel free. Who knows? I might uh, bring it up in future podcasts. Uh, I can be found on rumble.com. It's the surge effect. I'm on, uh, also on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. You can follow me, uh, the surge effect as well. You can find me on Instagram or Twitter. Um, I hope that uh, you've uh, walked away with a little bit more knowledge after listening to some of the stuff I've just brought forward. And if not, go check out some of the stuff on your own. I'm sure you'll see it in the news cycles, and certain news cycles cover stuff more than other news cycles, uh, like The Globe or CBC or whatever. 
You listen to Newsmax, CNN, Fox, whatever. Everyone has their own spin on it, uh, depending on, uh, you know, who's looking after them. Anyway, uh, that's it for me for today. And hope you have a great day. I'm out. Cheers. This episode sponsored by He Shirts, She Shirts. Go to www.heshirtsheshirts.ca. Just type in the letters TSA, the surge effect. When you check out, type in TSA for your coupon and receive 10% off your next purchase. Thanks for listening to today's podcast, everybody.